2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Joey Bosa, Derwin James,
3: and Khalil Mack. That Chargers defense looks good. Baseball is back. Plus, what is going on with the Dallas Cowboys? I'm Peter Bukowski. Starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The L.A. Chargers, not in the quarterback market, so they can't make one of these earth-shattering quarterback trades, but they can still trade for a guy who affects the quarterback. They give up a second and a sixth in 2023 to get Khalil Mack from the Chicago Bears. Joining me now from Locked on Chargers, David Droegemeyer and David, This is, sorry for the pun, a lightning bolt into this organization and a surprising one at that. This is not this team's MO to take these kinds of swings. No, not at all. This is not a move that
1: you would expect general manager Tom Telesco to make. He has not made any such trade of this magnitude ever. And honestly, the Chargers organization as a whole has never made a move like this in their history. I think that sense of urgency is there. They understand that The Broncos making the move that they made, bringing in Russell Wilson, that this is one of the most difficult divisions in football. And if you want to compete, then you need to make a statement and answer emphatically. And they did that by going and getting Khalil Mack to pair with Joey Bosa to form one of the most ferocious
3: pass rushing duos in the NFL. This is also a Chargers team. That has loads of cap space. And in a way that makes this move even more surprising because they could go out and pay money for a top flight pass rusher if they wanted to. They're still going to have to pay Khalil Mack plenty, right? But so what are the subsequent moves? How do you buttress an aggressive move like this in free agency after you pay Mike Williams three years, 60?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the next move is to continue to build on the defensive side. I think that was the giant deficiency last year for the Chargers, and and especially it's getting after the run and stopping the run. The Chargers were one of the worst teams in the league, so I expect them to really go after defensive line help and also corners. The coach, Brandon Staley, said as long as he is the head coach of the Chargers, they are always going to be looking at corners And it just so happens they have been linked to one of the top corners on the market, J.C. Jackson. And the Chargers still have the cap space to accommodate a deal of that size if that's what they want to do. If this deal, this trade for Khalil Mack is any indication, the Chargers are in win-now mode and they are going for it.
3: I asked Cody Rourke this the other day when they made the move for Russell Wilson. People are going to disagree about the quarterback tiers. I'm not going to ask you about where Justin Herbert fits in in this AFC West, but where are the Chargers, do you think? When this all shakes out, when they when we go through free agency, I'm asking you to, to peer into your crystal ball a little bit, so I know I'm being a little bit unfair here, but they have the latitude to make a lot of these moves. Where will you rank, do you think, the Chargers in a couple weeks?
1: I think after the dust settles and free agency is done and we are on our way to the draft, I think the Chargers are going to be the second best team in the AFC West. I think the King is still the Kansas City Chiefs. Until you dethrone them, they have to be the ones. But the Chargers are hot on their heels and they are coming for the
3: crown. Do you see a scenario where they could, given all of the the assets that they have, at least from a talent, like you'd look at roster to roster and say, The Chargers are actually more talented.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think the Chargers have stars up and down their offense. They have a great offensive line for once in the last decade. On defense, you see stars at every level, but they have to fix that run defense if they can really put their name in that hat. They were towards the bottom of the league. If they're able to improve that to the point to where they're top 15, top 10 against the run, this could be a very, very scary team that nobody would want to see.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: They say you can never really go back home again. And after his nets decimated the Sixers, Ben Simmons may never want to.
4: Oh baby, Doug Norrie, locked on Nets, coming at you after the Nets, absolutely dismantled the Philadelphia 76ers, 129-100, to one of the most anticipated regular season games, frankly in a long, long time, for all the narratives, all the stories around this one, James Harden, Ben Simmons, the trade deadline, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid's beef. You know, the, where the Brooklyn stands in the standings. Just all the stuff that went in to making this about as intriguing a regular season game as you'll ever have. National TV, only one on the schedule at the moment. Nothing else even nba fans to go to even if they wanted to and the nets put on an absolute show this one was almost never in doubt kevin durant went completely off in a game that looked very easy for him 25 points in 32 minutes he was a plus 34 he threw 14 rebounds and seven assists as well Kyrie drops in 22 seth curry with 24 against his former team this one had everything from the start Sixers just didn't come to do it. James Harden struggled in a game that this is, you know, this is going to become a talking piece. Uh, frankly, from probably now to the playoffs, around the performance between these two teams. Loved every minute of it. Minute of it.
3: Tom Crean will no longer be the coach of the Georgia Bulldogs men's basketball team. Hey y'all, Clint Locked On Bulldogs here,
4: letting you know that Tom Crean is officially gone. He's no longer the head coach of the Georgia basketball team. We have scouted out and we've checked out who might be the best possible replacement for Tom Cream. We've given some names on the podcast. We've given some maybe fan favorites that we don't think should be the number one choice, but might be number two. Maybe bringing them home might not be that best case scenario for Georgia Bulldogs.
3: There are a couple of names ahead of him in the pecking order. Juan Juwan Howard returned to see his Michigan Wolverines fall to the Indiana Hoosiers in the first round of the Big Ten Tournament.
5: Oh my God, Indiana really just did that. I'm honestly speechless. The Hoosiers just closed out uh, their win over Michigan with a 31-9 run. They overturned a 17-point second-half deficit, outscored Michigan 46-28 in the second half, Uh, They opened their Big Ten tournament play with a win and might have just sealed a spot in the NCAA tournament. Trace Jackson Davis was enormous in the second half, 24 points, 8 rebounds. Xavier Johnson was 17 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, a couple of huge free throws late. Honestly, it's hard to put into words what the Hoosiers just did when everything looked down and out, when it looked like their NCAA tournament lives were done, They come back with the biggest comeback in postseason history for IU basketball to secure a win, secure a spot uh, tomorrow against Illinois, and possibly secure an NCAA tournament
0: uh, spot as well.
3: And the Flyers are giving one of
0: their best players a raise. Russ Cohen here for the Lockdown Flyers podcast. Well, uh, the Flyers... Surprised us this morning They came to an agreement with Rasmus Ristelainen for a uh, five-year deal, $25.5 million. I think the deal is acceptable. I don't think he's getting true market value, but he's getting close. A guy like Adam Pellick makes five point seven five a year and he's clearly a better defenseman. So I think they're in the range. He's made Travis Sandheim a better defenseman. Like, that's a reality. Sandheim has more points than last year already, has more goals. And instead of being a minus 22, he's a plus two. That kind of stuff doesn't necessarily show up on the analytics. At the end of the day, this is a solid move for the Flyers in the sense that it solidifies their top four. Now I'm not telling you they're a playoff team. I'm not saying anything of the like, but even when you have young players developing there, you do want them to have at least a decent top four. And that's assuming Ryan Ellis can come back and play like Ryan Ellis should play. So with all those question marks it's one less question mark for them so i understand why they did it i understand ristolainen liked it here we kept hearing that he might want to test the market maybe his agent tested the market saw what it could bear and he decided to stay here and take the uh the definite money either way it's not a negative for the flyers it's a positive because he is a good player. He's been good for them, and he's made Sandheim better. Now, Sandheim, we'll talk about Travis Sandheim another day, but at least right now, we're seeing improvement in him, and then, you know, who knows what the next contract will bear for him.
3: Here's what to look for on BetOnline, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. With baseball returning, let's look at the futures as they currently stand at Bet Online. The Dodgers are the favorites to win the World Series, plus 575 according to BetOnline.net. Right behind them are The Mets. The Mets at plus 800 and the defending champion braves check in at plus 950 the futures to win the american league the defending al champion astros at plus 1100 right behind them are two teams tied at 12 to 1 the white Sox and the yankees the team with the longest odds to win the fall classic it's a tie between the pirates and the diamondbacks oof bet online where the game starts
2: Is another story you need to know. Baseball
3: is back. Finally, we no longer have to talk about union squabbles. We don't have to talk about collective bargaining agreements, at least not in a couple weeks, because we have to start with how this deal went down. Joining me now from Locked on Reds, Jeff Carr. And Jeff, 99 days, the players were locked out. We have a ratified CBA 162-game season that will start April 7th.
6: How did this all come together? 99 days and what feels like 99 deadlines, Peter. I I think they kept moving the goalposts every single time we thought the goalposts were set but here we are. We're getting a full season. There will be uh, pre-COVID rules when it comes to nine-inning doubleheaders. There's no more seven-inning doubleheader stuff. Universal DH throughout the National League and the American League, and there won't be any more runners on second during extra innings. It's very nice to see all of this stuff. We're talking about baseball as it was before 2020, including the fact that they're letting reporters into the clubhouse again. We're not going to have Uh, zoom chats and things like that and it all kind of came down after the report was in that the players had agreed to a plan a tentative setup to plan an international draft they have until july 25th to figure that out and if they can figure that out there's no more qualifying offer when it comes to free agency so from a fan's perspective
3: outside looking in because fans They did not get to be in on these negotiations. They were not in the room. They were not in Florida for all of those contentious discussions. How has the game changed for them? Because hearing you lay all that stuff out, and as I was reading through the the articles about this, I'm going, I don't know. It seems like baseball is better now than it was, say, three months ago. What is your perspective on how this
6: changes the game for fans? That's what I've loved the most, Peter, is that looking at this for the last couple of months, it's been like, all right, are the players going to get a good, good size of the piece of pie here? Are the owners going to get one over on the players again? How's this all going to work out? And it just felt like we were being left out in the cold, but now there's a draft lottery. Now they're trying to. To get teams to be more decisive when it comes to their postseason runs by expanding the postseason. And we can talk about the merits of adding more playoff teams on another day. But at the end of the day, they wanted to see more small market, mid market teams in on the action when it comes to the postseason. So, yeah, the CBT was uh, the competitive balance tax was a sticking point for a lot of people. But at the end of this, the numbers just get pushed aside and we say we finally got baseball a little bit closer to what we're hoping for. Did we get a salary cap? No. Did we get a salary floor? No. But everything else that they have agreed to has really provided at least the potential for a much better product in 2022. I don't want this to get lost. Universal DH. This is something that
3: has been debated in baseball for what feels like centuries, Jeff, <laughs> how does this change? It feels like the competitive balance between the NL and L is affected by this. Uh, the, the the roster management in the National League is going to have to be shifted in a significant way. What,
6: what do you see as the impact of this? Because to me, it seems seismic. It is ginormous for a team like the Reds, who are looking at the expiring career of Joey Votto. They have a third baseman who they tried out at second base, and he just hasn't been healthy for the last year and a half or so, Mike Moustakis, who could be a helpful player as a DH. And you also have a really good bat who happens to play catcher, which is a position that doesn't tend to last very long, as a professional career in Tyler Stevenson that all can now be extended and that's just from the Reds perspective you think of different players who once they hit a certain point in their career everybody's like they're not picking up a glove again they're going to the American League that's not happening anymore because the market is now no longer limited to a guy who maybe most front offices don't feel is a good defender and I think that that is just absolutely awesome. I mean, you look from the Red Sox perspective and J.D. Martinez, their trade market just doubled in size. I mean, they might actually trade him now instead of holding on to him to see, well, maybe we can make another run with him. I I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with a lot of designated hitters. I think most nationally teams probably don't go into 2022 with a designated, designated hitter but maybe a couple of years down the road, but I, I love it. I absolutely love the designated hitter because I think pitchers as a whole hit a buck 56 last year. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not getting people to tune in to them on television. Coming up, how important is the salary cap in the NFL?
3: Well, let's just ask the Dallas Cowboys.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year where the weather starts to get a little warmer and you're starting to think about, oh, I get to be outside. And then you go, wait, I got to be outside. People are going to see me. I need to make sure that I'm looking right, that I'm feeling right, that I'm eating right. Built Bar can help you do that. They've got Built Puffs, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow Fluffy, marshmallowy, and covered in 100% chocolate. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. But, and I don't know how they do it, but they do it. They're low calorie, they're high protein, they're high in fiber. Replace your candy bars with these. Replace your everyday snack with these. I do. I have them most days. Whether it's just because I'm hungry or I'm working out or something like that. I grab a Built Bar To help me get through to the next stage of whatever I'm doing. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to try them for yourself. They've got so many flavors to try. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. Unbelievable. Plus all the puffs, flavors, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So many options for you to choose from and they're all good. They're all good. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Come.
2: agree or disagree this is the cue of the day after reports surfaced that the cowboys would be
3: moving on from amari cooper now it is tackle lyell collins who could be on the block for dallas joining me now from locked on cowboys and locked on dynasty marcus mosher marcus what is going on with the bloodletting in dallas what is causing all of this uh, yeah, the Cowboys are very concerned about the, the salary cap more so
7: than winning. So they're trying to get rid of some guys that have big cap numbers, and uh, that's they're looking at guys that have the highest cap numbers now, seeing if they can move on from them. We'll see what the what the plan is here.
3: This is a, a, a tough look for the the cap is fake. People, I, I raise my hand. I'm one of those people. So oh, so
7: am I. I. I'm one of those people as well. They just they still believe it's a real thing.
3: Well, so this is something too that, that you and I have talked about with the Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper part of this is this, this also speaks to the way that they want to build this team. They're choosing Zeke Elliott over Amari Cooper. This is the way that they want it to be. But that makes the Lyle Collins part of this even more strange because if you want to be this, this run team, it, it turns out it helps to have really good offensive linemen. So is this just a, a failure of, of planning or, or what I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. A couple things uh, we all on Twitter and on social media we beg on the Ezekiel Elliott
7: contract, right? Because it's awful, right? Yeah. They they still don't see it as a bad deal. They feel they still think it. they're very fortunate to have Ezekiel Elliott uh, that contract that the salary that he that he's at right now. So, they don't look at it as it's something that's costing them Amari or Lyle Collins. They think he's still one of the best running backs in the league. As for Collins specifically. Listen, he he missed almost all the 2020 season with an injury. 2021, he got suspended. They played Terrence Steele at right tackle, and they kind of liked him better. I, I still think Lyle Collins is a better right tackle. I think he's a better pass blocker. But they're looking at guys that they could save some money with. They could maybe recoup some draft capital. And I do think Lyle Collins should have a bunch of interest in the NFL.
3: What is then the path to making this team a Super Bowl contender in 2022? Because they still fancy themselves to be that basically every season that Jerry Jones is in charge. They have Mike McCarthy, who was brought in, presumably to lead this team back to glory. And he has yet to do that, although in in a very brief and Dak Prescott injured stint here. So what is their path forward? I mean, let's be clear. This is not a team pushing all our chips into the table, trying to win in
7: 2022. They're, they're just not. I think they're looking a couple of years ahead. Is that the smart strategy? Probably not. But what the hope would be is that, listen, Peter, the division sucks, right? The NFC East is not good. So if you can get to 11, 12 <laughs> wins, get a top seed, you have a really good quarterback in Dak Prescott. Maybe you get lucky and you, you get hot. But yeah, this team is not, pushing all their chips to the table. They're not going to go out there and trade draft picks for proven players and sign big guys in free agency. They're just not in that win ma- win now mode.
3: Are they building for a title window with Mike McCarthy as the head coach?
7: It's a good question, right? I think Mike McCarthy would like to know that answer as well.
3: And finally, the winningest basketball coach in Ivy League history, men or women, Kathy Delaney-Smith, will retire At the end of the season, that's not what Kathy Delaney-Smith's players will remember from her 40 years as Harvard's women's basketball coach. Kathy's had a long history of fighting for equity in sports and fighting for opportunities for girls and women, said Maura Healy, who played for Delaney-Smith and is now the Massachusetts Attorney General. For those of us who played for her, we really appreciated and saw firsthand her commitment to equality. She will leave behind not just an unmatched resume, but also a legacy of fighting for gender equality that began with Title IX when it was in its early stages. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets all the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Monday, the brackets will be ready. We'll look at the teams most likely to bust them. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.